0: All right. Well, day one was fantastic. Now we're here, day two at the Construction Leadership Forum in Whistler. And like you said, yeah, yesterday was action-packed, and what an insane venue. That was awesome yesterday.
1: Did you go to the pool last night?
0: No, but I heard you did.
1: I did, yeah. It's like four pools. (laughs) I went in the sauna, and then it belted with hail. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. No, it it came down really heavy, so I I ducked inside. I heard nothing. We were in the hotel bar just all hanging out. And then I got a text from you. I'm at the pool. Interesting thing I found about, uh, construction folk, um, is that, uh, when they all come together like this, one of the hotel, um, uh, staff who's putting together the events, um, said, this group is, uh, they're really great. Are are they construction finance? I said, no, they're just construction. Like, oh, okay. Uh, What a great group. And I said, yeah, well, you wonder at the nightclubs. I said, they're very controlled when they have to be. And uh, when they want to let loose, they find the appropriate place to do that. And they rip it up. Sure did. Yeah, there was a couple late. uh, Last night was a late night. And uh, I would assume that
0: um, uh, people, uh, there's a good crowd already that has uh, jumped in for the morning here, as we've seen. And so we've got three interviews today on day two. I'm going to rattle them off again. Again, we'll have timestamps and bookmarks. You can jump straight to these in the second episode of the Construction Leadership Forum. We had the first one. This was awesome about decarbonization. We had George Benson from the Vancouver Economic Commission joining us, uh, and then we asked uh, had the well the auctioneer extraordinaire and the MC for the event, Adam Timler, who's in charge of business development at the Metal Building Group join and that was a fantastic conversation and he did a bang up job of the auction the night before
1: yeah he should uh do that for a career oh that was he nailed it
0: yeah they 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 brought in some good money for a good cause and then finally we had donna grant president of the vancouver regional construction association she put on the whole event with an incredible team shout out to craig christian and, and and a bunch of the other team that really nailed it
1: yeah they did they did a really great job
0: So things summed up really well. Enjoy day two, these three episodes from the Construction Leadership Forum.
1: Welcome to the Site Visit Podcast, leadership and perspective from construction with your hosts, James Faulkner and Christian Hamm.
2: Business as usual as it has been for so long now that it goes back to what we were talking about before and hitting the reset button. You, know,
1: you read
0: all the books, you read the email, you read Scaling Up, you read Good to Great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could go on. We got on. to a place where we, we found the, the secret serum, we found the secret potion, <laughs> we can get the workers in, we know where to get it. Once them.
2: I was on the job so took for a while, and actually, we had some extra concrete, and I poured, like, a broom-finished patio. Oh, friends of the site <laughs> the A guy the yeah, the yeah, just hit Seychelles. me up on LinkedIn out of the blue and said he was driving from Oklahoma to Dallas to meet with me because he heard the Favorite Connect platform on your guys' podcast. Own it, crush
1: it, and love it. And we love celebrate it, these it. values every single day. Live from the Back studio in Let's get down to it.
0: We've got George Benson from the Vancouver Economic Council. Commission, commission, commission. Ooh, well, so many associations. No, uh, uh, no, 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 no. We won't take it personally. Well, it was a, a great chat, and the video that you had was awesome. We're going to dig into that a little bit, sure. but why don't you give our audience just a little bit of a coles note on who George is, and a little bit of the things that you've been working on around the theme from today's topic uh, speech?
2: Yeah,
0: thanks. So, uh, I I have the privilege
2: to be the senior manager of economic transformation at VEC. So we're the City of Vancouver's Economic Development Agency. And I like to think of myself as a, as a kind of recovering policy person. So I'm trained as an urban planner, <laughs> but I've had the privilege to work in partnership with folks in the construction sector for the past four years. And it's been just a blast, like to see the passion and enthusiasm in this sector is inspiring. And uh, you know, it's, it's a healthy dialogue back and forth about what we should do, what the best approach is, but it's just been, it's fun every day. And, and uh, that's a big part of the work that I get to do is ask folks, how can we help you? What do you need? What, how can we bring supports to you? And uh, things like the trip to Copenhagen are kind of one of those outputs.
0: No, that's really cool. And we'll dig into that trip to Copenhagen because I mm-hmm. um, was kind of the, the, the focal point of the talk that you just gave and the video that you guys created. Again, awesome and very informative. You said you, you've been enjoying getting to work with construction. It is, pre- I mean, we're construction, construction podcasts is a construction conference, but there is something quite practical when you bring solutions and, and, or issues that need mm-hmm. to have resolution to them or, or mm-hmm. change or innovation. You know, construction men and women are pretty uh, pragmatic, mm-hmm. practical. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, tell us what's going on. And uh, let's figure out how we can change something or innovate. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit There's about the different types of, kids. Okay, there's a carbon, decarbonization. This is mm-hmm. a talk that this was on. The different types. There's, uh, you were talking about embodied carbon. Mm-hmm. Maybe get into all this just to frame a little bit about what we're talking about here.
2: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, all this stuff is about how we spend our resources in different ways. Mm. And what comes out of it at the other end. So when we talk about carbon emissions or carbon pollution, we're talking about all of the energy and the other stuff that it takes to make a thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. one of the ways I like to frame it is uh, when we talk about carbon in the holistic sense, we're talking about carbon end to end. So if I'm scooping something out of the ground to build, you know, I'm going to build something again. What does it take to scoop it out of the ground? What does it take to put it into the factory? What does it take to put it on the truck and get it to the site and build. And then when we're done with it, what happens it afterwards? Yeah. That end-to-end carbon, we call embodied carbon. It's the stuff that's living inside <laughs> that material. Um, when we talk about operational carbon, we're talking about, I like to say, the stuff that comes out of the smokestack. Mm-hmm. So right. you know, you've know you got all your end-to-end, that's all been done. But once, the in this case, a building is built, it's going to run, right? It's going to operate. It's going to live. So what's coming out of the smokestack, metaphorically or literally, on that site? So that's the operational carbon. And in our world, in the policy world, we're trying to make sure we're addressing both of those mm-hmm. and always looking for cost efficiencies and, and profit along the way as we're as we're reducing ultimately what's waste.
0: No, that's really cool. And you, you threw up some graphics on there right at the beginning where you said, oh, you know, construction kind of got lumped in with the real estate one. So we're looking at the embodied carbon and the operational we carbon, betcha. right? Yeah. But I like that, that. That That's a good, clear distinction to give um, the listeners uh, and oh, myself, too, um, a bit of uh, uh, some definition around how mm-hmm. that goes. Um. When we're dealing with, uh, well, why don't you actually t- talk a little bit about the Denmark, the video, the trip, the, the, the whole Copenhagen experience and what's going on with that? So, I mean, like I said in my presentation in the video,
2: Vancouver is not an island. Like we're on this climate journey just like a whole bunch of other places in the world. And what's, what's cool and it gets me really excited is that in a lot of cases, it's cities that are leading the way. And when I say cities, I don't just mean you know mayor and council pass a decree. Da, da, da. It's that there's a there's a community of practice that's emerging across the public and private sector where we're saying we think all this stuff is important. We we see opportunities for competitiveness or profit along the way, and we want to collaborate and figure out how that how that's going. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's always perfect. I think there's plenty of disagreements that happen, but. I, I gen, when I look at the sort of industry support for some of what the city of Vancouver is doing, it tends to be fairly high. Because mm. we have these tables, we spend a lot of time collaboratively building solutions. Um, but like I say, we're not an island. So we can, get, we can get really myopic and buried in our own stuff. But what we at the commission try to do and others try to do is say, well, hold on. How, are, we, are we off base? Are we like headed in the same direction as some folks? Are, mm. we, are we doing our own thing? And Copenhagen is, is renowned for a whole bunch of reasons for what they do. Um, and so when we, you know, we've, we've done our research, we looked at them and said, we need to learn a little bit more. Like we need to like actually sort of brush up, dig into the numbers, see, touch, mm-hmm. taste, smell, all of these things that are going on. And so we chose Denmark because we saw them as a leader, but we wanted to prove it. And so this whole trip we did, we took 17 public and private sector leaders from across BC there, and uh, in uh, I think it's 18 tour, site tours, presentations, visits. We just dug into it. We got to literally kick the tires on a whole bunch of different projects and say, but "Does it really perform? Like, is this, is this for real or is this marketing?" Yeah. You know, and, and we got the good, the bad, and the ugly of that. So that's why we chose them, and and mm. they continue to really impress us in a bunch of ways. But they're not perfect. And I was, you know, I mentioned at the end, you know, they've got huge problems with overheating. That's something we're actually much better at than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, we're thinking about salvaging and deconstruction. I don't know if you yep. guys have ever met Unbuilders, for example. They yeah. are coming on the podcast next week. Okay, so we've worked with know. Unbuilders for years. And cool. like we think that you know, the, the methodologies they're they're um, they're taking on are really great. And just one other plug I can make there. We did a project yeah. with Unbuilders a few years ago, looking at the value of demolition, of what is currently demolition waste. Yep. If you just took single family homes in the metro region, um, if you took a sort of a conservative slice of those every year, and the salvageable timber that's in them, you're looking at anywhere from 250 to 300 million dollars of material we currently throw away. Right. So we yeah. get excited as economic folks. We get excited about that profitability too. And I don't think Copenhagen's quite got there yet.
1: Hmm.
0: You know. There's so much to unpack in all this and the whole unbuilders conversation. Mm-hmm. And the examples that you guys showed, there's a, a project in Australia, but then there was mm-hmm. also the project downtown Vancouver mm-hmm. with, where Sears was and now Nordstrom or was. <laughs> Formerly Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> Rip. Yeah, totally. But, um, and even like the post building as yep. well, right? Yep. That's, yep. A, that's a great example of one for Amazon. But utilizing existing buildings, of course, retrofits are expensive, mm-hmm. right? And they're technical and they come mm-hmm. with lots of challenges. Mm-hmm. But when you talk, as the example you said about the, 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 Dollar value of waste and the impact of that waste to be able to reuse uh, an existing structure. It's cool, but it also, when you break it down practically, it's good it, you get to see the tangible aspects of that. It helps. And I'll admittedly, you know, when I hear decarbonization or you know, electric this, this, this that, I kind of, and this kind of goes to the end of what we can, um, at, at, towards the end of our conversation I mean, is it really making a difference? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. But when you see these things laid out, practically it's it's good it, it makes it more tangible and easier to digest
2: well if i can pick up so the it, the, the project that we referenced in the video is the key quarter tower uh in uh, in sydney australia yes, that one, yeah. Yeah. and and one of the things that's actually really exciting about this and we had some developers and builders on our on our tour they asked right away they're like okay turkey let's talk it how, yeah. how much yeah and, and I, I apologize i can't remember the number but they noted uh in the tens of millions in savings from hauling costs Because that tower is in the middle of downtown Sydney. Right. If you think of the the Twin Towers and how long it took to clear the material out of the middle of Manhattan, it took years. Yeah. 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 And that's what that Sydney project would have also meant. And so there's a practicality dimension to that of like, wait, 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 hold on. And and this is, you know, you get creative people in a room and you say, forget all the the must dos and thou shalt. Hold on. Sure. How do we maximize for all the things we want to do? You guys want to make money. You want to save money. We want good product. We want to reduce carbon. What's the way to do that? And this design team, they floored everyone by being the kind of conveners and the relationship builders there to get to that.
1: Cool, yeah. i got a question for you, just in yeah. terms of like, um, do you have um, sort of an a influence dial that you guys have a, some kind of a sense of from the hangover or the, or the influence of U.S. politics mm. to the sentiment of carbon reduction. So you have you know, the different political sides. Who are, You have some that's saying climate change is not something to worry about. Mm-hmm. So you have these competing narratives. So with your organizations, you know, do you hear things in the news as a group and you're like, oh God, why'd they say that? And like, oh, it's just making our job harder. <laughs> I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the influence there mm-hmm. from, you know, because what, what do they say? Like when the U.S. has a cold, you know, Canada sneezes or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Yes. It, it, new, the, the news cycle when it comes to like the, the big capital P politics in the U.S. is just so tedious and so tight. It just, you know, mm-hmm. round and round it mm-hmm. goes. When you get down, let's, let's go back to the practical dimension here. Yeah. When you get down to the nuts and bolts in the construction industry in the US, in the sort of municipal and state politics in the US, things are happening, like real things are happening. The Democrats and Republicans can fight it out at the presidential level all they want. Yep. It bores me to tears Yeah, because there are actual companies and actual policymakers at the local level getting, pardon my language, but getting real shit done. Yeah. Right. And, and so it know, doesn't really
1: make much difference. To it, again.
2: It, it can at a, at a political level every now and again, but like I point to Texas. Yeah. You know who's building more renewable energy than anywhere else in the United States? Texas. Texas. Yeah. You know who's actually building some of the coolest mass timber buildings in the United States? Texas. Huh. it doesn't matter because they see the practicality on the ground. Right. They may na- they may not call it what we're calling it here. And I couldn't care less. If they do great work, let's celebrate it.
0: Okay, this is a yeah. bit of a crazy unpacking of this. And, and a lot of these 15-minute conversations mm-hmm. have led to, okay, come in studio, let's do a full break. And we'll need to because yeah. there's a lot to unpack in this. But I just cued in on something. And I remember I said, mm-hmm. okay, honest moment. I'm the practical construction guy, build other- stuff. I'm like, tell me how this makes a difference. Come on. But like, well, there's a lot of practicality in there. I like cost-benefit analysis. When you said the whole Sydney project, mm-hmm. you know, outweighs this hauling cost, et cetera, whatever, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, if you can actually make a dent on something like this, which does, you know, improve the conditions of something for where we are, mm-hmm. and the cost is in line or close or mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's making sense to me. Mm-hmm. When you were bringing up the whole politics and you're saying boards, of tears, it's brutal, it's super polarizing. But what it influences is that it influences my mind and caring. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. Right? That's the point. But now when you start throwing practical things at us and and, and not throwing, but like presenting mm-hmm. and showing it, it's like, and the approach you're taking, even like letting us know about Texas, because a lot of people at the high level again, go, like, Texas is bad. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> but like, no. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, thanks.
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty cool.
0: And again, it comes down like, I... A rose by any other name
2: like if people do good work they don't have to call it what i call it yeah but like you know i want people to like i want to be able to engage with someone and say like oh that's really cool like well no, no, no. we don't we don't do what you do in bc or something like mm. i'd say that's pretty rare every now and again it happens but like when you get get down to the nuts and bolts of okay you want to make money great mm. you want to do right by your staff great you want to do right by your customers great and you're going to follow the law great we're probably all living somewhere in that in that yeah. in that sphere right and when you ask them, people, how do you do that? How do you get there? Then you start to have really interesting conversations. So I think like it does bore me. It's frustrating. But it just means that I, I try to have many more conversations like this than worry about that big picture stuff.
1: Totally. Now, yeah. now in, in, uh, in Vancouver, for instance, you know, we have a, you know clearly a house affordability or a mm-hmm. home affordability crisis and all that kind of stuff. Um, how does this play into that? Is there are there savings that you can present that that will lower the cost of living or is it like buildings are now more expensive to build and that gets passed on to the potential homeowner right Mm. that's a great question
2: um i think there's a few dimensions to it that i like to think of one of them is that as we start to ask these questions about what that ideal practical pathway is if you take a wide view like if you you have like a what i would call a widget first mindset where you're like okay we you know we're going to take the boilers out we're going to put in heat pumps and that's we're it we're done that's great yeah you're gonna miss a lot of opportunity mm. but if we take the embodied carbon conversation we say now hold on a second what where's the most concrete go if you've got you know concrete podium and five or six stories of stick on top where, where's all the carbon it's in your underground parking
1: mm. oh yeah, yeah yeah and
2: if we are mandating if we as the government are telling you thou shalt build a crap load of underground parking we're telling you to put more carbon into your building. So if we take that wider view and start to touch some area, like some policy areas that have previously been like, oh, we're not going to talk about that, then you get to interesting solutions where you can build a building for a hell of a lot cheaper.
1: So does that mean no parking? Yeah, where does parking go?
2: Here's what I love. Let the market decide. Right now, we tell you to build a certain amount of parking. Developers are smart people. Let them do the market analysis themselves and ask, how much do we think this site actually needs? Does a site next to the SkyTrain really need six, stores, six, six stories underneath sure. underground parking? Sure,
1: yeah 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 i yeah. mean yeah i mean there's like what goes under like for a tower mm-hmm. infrastructure wise i mean how many stories do they need to go down for the ver- vertical for the vertical integrity well, of the we building we've got a
2: perfect example the synac development the squamish are doing yeah you know how much parking's in
1: that no i don't know like tiny oh was like it? Okay. it
2: has probably like a tenth or a twelfth of the amount of parking for towers of that size anywhere else in the region they're embarrassing the rest of the governments, honestly, because they said, look, it's a rental tower. It's pretty close to transit. It's right next to downtown. Why the hell would we make you drill 12 stories down and build all this extra parking?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now, I'm, I'm picking an easy example. Like it's, yeah. Actually, I, I, would, I would say that that is absolutely not close to transit. That's like, besides biking across the bridge, mm-hmm. the SkyTrain or the Canada line is way too far away.
2: Well, I mean, you got to keep like, the Broadway line going in there, too, and there's, there's
1: because they're building out yeah, there, yeah. they've got
2: the transit connectivity yeah. that'll, that'll link up as it goes in. Yeah. So it's not perfect, but I think it's got, it's got a, enough advantage. It's close
1: to transit for the right type of people.
0: Yeah, but, no, but, <laughs> but, but the, the, the hypothesis that you're making or the, that you're proposing yeah, in sense. that, yes, I mean, yeah, we get it. of course, a building has to have a foundation that's a certain size to, yeah. for the structural integrity yeah. of the project. Yeah. However okay. high how it goes, it determines how deep it's got to go mm-hmm, or yeah. whatever is built into that. But the whole concept of, yeah, I mean, what determines why we, you know, and I get the whole thing, like, you know, it does encourage people to find alternative solutions for commu- um, commuting and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So totally if, get that. Yeah. If I could just
2: put a bow on that. So I'm using, I'm picking on parking because it's an easy example. Yeah, yeah. But I think in from my perspective, it's a lot of the design mandates that we've put forth. Tech, the tech is usually not the big cost ad, right? Like a heat yeah. pump for a boiler, as a residential example, that's that's within the margin of it like we can work with that pretty competitively and we're getting better and better at it but a lot of the design considerations where quite frankly it's some fussy aesthetic stuff and and i'm not picking on any city in particular but i think in general there's a lot of that where it's like no let the folks decide like does it do we really need to spend do i do i need to hire an architect for a city to say well i don't like this facade i'd like to see some more articulation there like that there's an overreach there that I think we can really push past. So things like that are going to be big, and then the nuts and bolts of it—you know, the building materials—otherwise, we're generally within margin of error. Like we're talking one to three percent in most cases from the research that we've seen, um, and it's only getting better over time, especially as we look to you know to leverage this these environmental mandates for greater efficiencies, um, offsite modular prefab, whatever the whatever the solution is. Not to prejudge it, we
1: think that there's more cost efficiencies to be found. Cool, that's pretty sweet. It is. And maybe this is a,
0: a good way to just tidy up this quick conversation. Can I just ask one thing? Oh, yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. yeah,
1: just, just in terms of uh, concrete itself and off-gassing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, it, is there, um, you know, d- different technologies that are coming out that you're aware of that maybe you could share of in terms of, you know, concrete being, you know, emitting less?
2: Yeah, one of the ones I get most excited about because it's Canadian is this a great outfit out of Calgary called Carbon Cure. And they have a technology that sucks carbon out of the air, and especially Mm. you do that at like a power plant or an oil and gas facility. Okay, suck it out of the air, turn it into a chemical additive, inject it into your concrete, and now you're getting stronger concrete.
1: Wow. Okay. And
2: it's either low, zero, or carbon negative because it sucked it out of the air. So things like that are great examples. And then um, you know all of the all the chemical additives, the coal for the like for the for the firing process and stuff. There's a ton of innovations going on there as well. So like I really don't think we're that far out. It's more expensive right now. That's the reality. Yeah, but when yeah. you start stacking in things like carbon offsets, there's, there's, a, there's all kinds of financial ways to approach that. And I think the IRA and the states especially, mm. they're putting a, just a buttload of money into this. I think that technology is really around. Like, we know it exists already. The cost effectiveness is around the corner. The,
1: the, um, just one other thing. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, carbon, you know, when I mm. think of the word business in carbon and you, and you don't think of the building mm. uh, you know, or construction, I always thought of these um, companies that I always kind of thought were a bit, you know, like a fugazi kind of thing where they're like selling carbon credits, mm. you know, and they're saying, well, we're planting X amount of trees, so you can go and do whatever you want to offset that. Yeah. But what's your, what's your take on, does that give initiatives like you're trying to do a, a bit of a weird reputation? It can. It can. Okay. And I,
2: I think like the, the, the so called the voluntary carbon offset yeah. markets um, are troubling. And there's been a number of, of big reports out in the past year or two there. I think the one I worry a lot about is forestry. It's such a complicated, like, you know, we barely know how to measure carbon in soil. It's a, it's a really tough one. Yeah. But if you're talking about something tangible, like, you know, the, the easy, like the, some of the ones we're working on in social housing is yeah. I, I know one big developer, one um, big um, property owner group. Instead of, instead of buying trees somewhere in the world that may or may not exist, they're talking to a social housing provider and saying, well, we were gonna spend 150 grand to offset our emissions. Why don't we just give that to you and you buy heat pumps for all your units? I that's the kind of offsetting that I get really excited oh, about yeah, okay. because it's
0: real and it's yeah,
1: tangible. tangible. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah. And you, you guys basically hit on exactly what I was gonna say. At the end of the video, um, there was the talk of uh, mitigation versus innovation. Mm. So like actually taking something out versus, hey, well, why don't the things that go in we just innovate on, mm-hmm. right? You hear that conversation a lot about renewable energy versus fossil fuels and like, where can we just find ways to innovate with existing solutions and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always a conversation there mm-hmm. that you guys have talked about, it, you know, heat pumps, switching certain things out, getting to that. Um, so I don't know if you have anything to add on that aspect of things, mitigation, innovation.
2: I, I think, I mean, it's,
0: it's, we're,
2: we're like the city, it's not always perfect, but we really try to live in. A performance based regulatory regime. Mm. Like one of my colleagues in, on the private sector side says, look, if you can show us that you can meet all the safety requirements uh, and the energy performance in in a, in a sort of abstract concept, we'll listen to you. if you say you can do it with spray foam and chicken wire. Mm. We're going to want to do a lot of tests on that, but like we're interested <laughs> because we want to see that same innovation push forward. And so, uh, you know, I am dead set against, and I think the city's been very intelligent in this way of uh, thou shalt use this technology or thou shalt do this particular design solution. There are exceptions to that, but I think the general sense is it's
0: way better when we set a, set a number and say,
2: tell us how you want to get there. Right,
0: nice, right. It involves everybody in the solution, right? It does. Yeah, that's really does. good. All right, so we're here up in Whistler, the Construction Leaders Forum with the VRCA. We have been asking all of our guests, based on uh, you know the topic and the sentiments of their, um, their session with our group, what's one nugget that you would want to leave with our audience or the industry, anyone listening to this, from this topic or just something that's you're really caring about right now. Ooh, that's oh, so many juicy ones here. I think about
2: workforce. I think workforce is one this came up in the questions for my session and, and it's a it's a real passion of mine. Companies that can tell the story of the why they're involved in these sustainability issues, or they're doing equity work, you know, they're they're really trying to hire more women, they're trying to bring indigenous folks, whatever that may be. If you can tell that why man, oh man, are you going to have an easier time bringing people into your company? And it it kind of, it makes me actually really sad because I meet so many companies every day that are doing such incredible work and they're kind of shy about it in this crazy 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 way.
0: way. Totally.
2: It's like, why why not scream it from the rooftops? Because it's not bullshit, it's actually real. And a lot of people don't. And so I'm always encouraging them, like tell your story of why you do this work. Lead with the why. And you'll be amazed at who's going to come and want to work with you.
0: Well, that's a really good thing to end on. Like the why and not the, you mentioned a few times, the, the thou shalt, right? It's like, <laughs> you will do this. I think that's fantastic. It's a great way to end it. George, like you said, it's, we got to get you back on for a full episode, but this was a fantastic conversation um, and we are glad that you joined us. Thank, Thank you. very much. Thank you so much.
1: Well, that does it for another episode of The Site Visit. Thank you for listening. Be sure to stay connected with us by following our social accounts on Instagram and YouTube. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter at sitemaxsystems.com site visit where you'll get industry insights, pro tips, and everything you need to know about the Site Visit podcast and Sitemax, the job site and construction management tool of choice for thousands of contractors in North America and beyond. Sitemax is also the engine that powers this podcast. All right, let's get
0: back to building.